Welcome to the Metropolitan UMC Podcast. We're located at 3385 Metropolitan Church Road in Indian Head, Maryland, and under the leadership of Reverend Daryl K. Mason Sr. And now today's podcast. Peace in the midst of the storm. Amen. So praise God, giving honor to God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We will go forth to hear what God will have to say to us today. Amen. And just to, I know the scripture has been read, but just to revisit the scripture. And it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but now are a people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And this is the word of God for the people of God. And thanks be to God. And just for a moment, I want to talk about a Christ identity. A Christ identity. Let us pray. The Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we bless you. We thank you for all that has gone on in this service today, the singing, the lifting of hands in praise, and the honoring of our graduates. But now, Father, we pray that you would just pour out your Holy Spirit, empower your Holy Spirit in this place. And, Father, we pray that you would just continue to speak through me. And we pray that the congregation and all that are gathered here would be receivers of your word, but not only hearers of your word, but doers of your word. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. As I was growing up, my grandmother used to tell me a story. She rewound and went back to the years of when my uncles and aunts and my mom were little children. And she told the story about my Uncle Bud, who was my, he was the junior. My Uncle Bud, his name was Eugene, they called him, but you know, we got got nicknames. Uncle Bud and Uncle Jimmy. Well, what happened was my mother was, a, my grandmother was a hairdresser and my father was a barber. Uncle Bud and Uncle Jimmy had been placed on punishment. They were told not to leave the house, but they knew that with hair appointments, mama gonna be home late. With folks getting ready for church, daddy's gonna be home late so we can probably just sneak out the house and go do what they wanted to do. Well, it turns out that three of my grandmother's appointments got canceled that day. (laughs) And she decided that she would come home and she, as she drove up into the driveway, she went out and she looked and she saw her two her two sons, she saw two people off in the distance. She said, hey, Jimmy, boy, what you doing out there? Boy, get on over here. And Jimmy rides up, and she said, what are you doing out the house? 
You know you're a punishment. You are not supposed to be in the house. And where's your brother, Bud? Well, Jimmy was on riding a bicycle, but my Uncle Bud was on the handlebars standing there right in front of my grandmother. Jimmy said, Ma, this Bud right here on the handlebars. They had been outside for so long in the Portsmouth, Virginia heat and the dirt and all that had gotten on Uncle Bud to the point where she could not recognize my Uncle Bud sitting there right there in front of her. My grandmother said, you better wait. You are in so much big trouble. Wait till your daddy gets home. My granddaddy didn't play. My granddaddy was an old North Carolina preacher. And he was a person of hard judgment and discipline. There's a crisis going on in the Christian community. We have given up our place of leadership. Our careers have taken the place of our family. We love our money more than we love our children. We have become people of God trying to hold on to a knowledge of God, but denying the power thereof. But the scripture tells us that you are a chosen race and the royal priesthood, and the holy nation. But we've gotten to the point that in our comings and our goings and all that we do in our busyness that God looks at us and he can't even recognize who we are. And we use the excuse of, well, God, I'm so busy doing work. You gave me this job. I don't have time for ministry. I don't have time to come to church. I don't have time to reach out to the public. We can look at this situation because in our country, we have a crisis going on in, a black, in the population of our black men. Even though we represent a low population of the population of the country, we represent the majority of, of people that are incarcerated in our prisons. We have a challenge with our identity. Well, how did this happen? I submit to you that in some cases we have been the victims of identity theft. Oh, you've seen identity theft. You know that sometimes identity theft happens when people go and they steal our mail or they steal our social security number and then they go and they open mortgage accounts and they open bank accounts and they destroy our credit. Well, what has happened is Satan has done that to us in some instances. Satan has come in our lives and caused our representation to the world to change. Well, when they look at us, they don't see God. They see someone else. So this is a challenge that we have. So when we look at the writer Peter as he writes to the church, this is a Christian community that is confused. You see, at the time, these were Jews that had recently converted to Christianity. So some of them had family members that were still Jews that were non-believers. 
But these were new believers that were confused because they were saying, well, what do I do with this Jesus now? You know, grandmother is still is a non-believer. How do you function in a world where you have people around you that don't know the Lord? Because sometimes we want to do what they want to do. We don't want to have a Christ identity. But the word of God tells us that you are royalty. You are royal priests. You see, in the early church, there was a challenge with their function and how they functioned in the world around them. The scripture tells us that as royalty and priesthood, we have two functions. As royalty, our our function is to serve as influencers of the world. But as priests, our function is to have access to God. This was a new thing in that time. And Peter writes to the church to let them know that you have two powers that you can tap into. Number one, God has given you the power to influence the world, to be politically active, to be socially active. But at the same time, you have access to God's throne to empower you in all that you do. You are royal priesthood. So on today... I'm going to share three things with you as we go forth to obtain and to maintain our Christ identity. The first thing that we have to do is examine. Number one, we have to take a look at ourselves. We have to do a a spiritual credit check. Did somebody steal my social security number? And then we have to reclaim. We have to take back what the devil stole from us. And then we have to return. We have to return. So when we take the time to examine, we have to look at our spiritual FICO credit score. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. If, you are, if you're someone that is going to go buy a house or go buy a car and you haven't had a credit check, you are sitting in the auto showroom. Oh, you're sweating. Oh, Lord. Oh, you're sitting there and you're trying. You, you done got the nice Cadillac picked out. You're sitting there with your wife and, and, and whomever. You know, you might even have made the mistake to bring along a friend. You know, and you know, you're sitting there, you done test drove the car, the car is smelling good, perfect color, and then the uh, salesman said, let me go talk to my manager, we're going to run your credit check. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness, and you're sitting there and you're waiting, because you, ha- you haven't taken the time to check your credit score. You don't know what is going on with your credit score. You've just been going along, spending Sometimes you pay your credit cards on time. Sometimes you pay the minimum balance. Sometimes, oh, you just, you just pay them enough to keep them from calling, you know. But as Christians, we have to look at our credit score every day by getting up in the morning to say, thank you, Lord, by getting in God's word and reading God's word to make sure that we have a credit score that is worthy of a Christ identity. Oh, you've got to examine you got to check that credit score. Jeremiah 5 and 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, 
I knew you. Before that came out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. I pull out this scripture because as we examine, we have to examine from the perspective to realize that we're chosen. We have to realize that we are chosen. Every person in this room, under the sound of my voice, you are here for a reason. The Spirit of God has brought you here. God didn't just bring you here to stay seated. You have been chosen. You have been chosen, young, old, black, or white. And I said earlier, whether you had to walk here, whether you came in the car, or whether someone rode you here, you have a reason for being here, and God has chosen you. So there's a calling on our life. Once you realize that your identity has been stolen, and once you have done your credit check, and if you do see that it has been stolen, you will then begin to take action. What's going to happen? I'm going to call in Bank of America. I'm calling the big three. Was it, was it uh, not the FICO score? You calling uh, Experian? You calling all of them folks? You calling the mortgage company? And, and I bring this up because it doesn't just stop at the examination. When you find something that's wrong, you have to go fix it. Have you seen people that check their credit scores and they still continue to pay their bills late? They still continue to do the irresponsible things. So after you've examined, you've got to go and take a look to make sure that you can fix what's going on. You call the bank. You call the credit. You call the mortgage company. So as you do your examination to check out Christ's identity, then we need to reclaim what the devil has stolen from us. As we begin to reclaim, and as we realize our chosenness and our priesthoodness, we must first of all know that as priests, we have access to God. And as we begin to reclaim, we have to go forth with authority. We have to go forth with the mindset knowing that God is on our side, that God empowers us, and that anything that the devil has taken from us, whether it be finances, whether it be relationships, you can get that back. You can get that back as you go to obtain your Christ identity. There's so many things that we need to and want to reclaim in our life. For Deuteronomy tells us the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord. Let me say that again. If you, if we pay attention to the command of the Lord your God that I give you this day, carefully follow them. The scripture said this, you will always be on top. 
Let me say that again. If you, if we pay attention to the commands of the Lord, we will always be on top. We will always be the head and we will never be the tail. As we reclaim, we have access to God. And we have to remember that God has given us this world. Not only are we reclaiming what the devil has taken away from us, we have the ability to reclaim that which is in the world. We have the ability to reclaim things politically. We have the ability to reclaim things that are socially. We have the ability to reclaim things that are in our lives that we felt that we had lost. And while we have access to God, and while we look at the role of our priestliness, let's take a closer look and understanding of what it means to be a priest. When we talk about the priest, most people think of, of a reverend, or we think of maybe a, a Catholic priest or, or an elder. But when we look at the, the, the Latin and the Greek meaning of the word priest, as it is in the Bible, the word means bridge builder. Priest actually means bridge builder. So it doesn't mean that just someone just stands up here and preaches. Doesn't mean they, they just put on these nice clothes and go around and wave the Bible. If you are a priest, it means that you're building bridges. Well, Reverend, building bridges between what? We build bridges between those that don't know Jesus Christ. And we build the bridge to bring them into the word of God, to bring them into God's house. We are all bridge builders, and that's why Peter says that you, all of you, are a royal nation, and all of you are priests. All of you are bridge builders. It's our responsibility to be bringing people into the house of God and to be bridge builders. Are you building bridges today? Are you building bridges with, with your actions, with your words? Because I, they're watching. They're, they're watching. You can best believe once you profess Christ, your coworkers and people around you will be watching what you're doing. We are priests and bridge builders, but we're, we don't do it by ourselves. You can't be a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority by yourself. <laughs> if you might say, well, I don't go to the meetings. You got your license plate. <laughs> okay, AKA anniversary. Okay. Okay, well, let me leave the alphas alone. Okay, okay. Delta Sigma Theta. You can't be a member of Delta Sigma Theta by yourself. You are a Delta because there are other Deltas that exist around you. And as a Christian, you can't be a Christian by, well, I, I, I just don't go to church. I'm just spiritual. I just sit at home. 
You have to connect with somebody at some church at somewhere. Maybe there's some church you don't like, but go find one that you like and get connected with other Christians. You can't be a Christian by yourself. We have to come alongside someone else. Peter speaks to the church to tell them that you are a royal nation and a royal priesthood together in the body of Christ. And so as we begin to examine and as we begin to reclaim what the devil has stolen from us, then we have to return home. If you see that you've gone out there, if you see that you have strayed too far from home, it's time to come on back. It's time to come back home. For the scripture says, once you were not a people, but now, now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but praise God, but now you have received mercy. It's time to return home. It's never too late. See, when God created us, he knew, he knew that we were going to stumble. He knew that when we came out of the womb, there were going to be issues. He knew that there were going to be problems, trials, and tribulations. So if you're young, old, or middle-aged, come on home. If you're free or you're bound, come on home. Moses even killed a man. But eventually he had to come back home because God told him to go see Pharaoh. And he told Pharaoh, let my people go. Paul was Saul. He was a persecutor of the Jews. But God converted him on the road to Damascus. And the word of God tells us to do not conform to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We must return home. So as my grandmother was sitting there fussing out my Uncle Bud and my Uncle Jimmy, guess who shows up? My granddaddy showed up. Oh, my goodness. It turns out that granddaddy left the barbershop early. He had to prepare for church service the next day. So as my grandmother is saying, wait till your daddy gets home, she looks, Eugene! Hey! What's going on here? Jimmy, what, what are you doing out of the house? And, and, and where's your brother... But <laughs> Daddy, he said, boy, you were so black I couldn't even tell who you were. <laughs> what? We told you to stay in that house. You were on punishment. Why were you out here running around? And then my granddaddy begins to pull off his belt. 
old school discipline. And he is getting ready to beat them right there in the middle of the street. But my Aunt Maggie, she was the baby. She hated to see her brothers get spanking. She ran out of the house and immediately started crying, Daddy, please don't beat my brothers. Please. And she just was crying and crying and crying. And my granddaddy couldn't even hit him. The reason why was my granddaddy loved Maggie. She was the baby girl. Anything that Maggie asked, he'd do it. So on that day, my Uncle Bud and my Uncle Jimmy avoided a beating. It's the same thing, and it's the same way when we stand before God's throne. We have done all manner of sin. We deserve to be beaten. We deserve to be punished. But Jesus steps out and says, Father, please don't beat them. Please don't punish them. And God loves Jesus. And God says, I will show them mercy one more day. I won't beat them today. I, and I, not only will I do that, I'm going to send you down to die for their sins. For Jesus came down through 40 and two generations. He was born in a manger and he walked on this, on this earth. But then he was hung on the cross between two thieves. But then he died. But on the third day, he got up with all power in his hands. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now pleading your case. We've done wrong. We've lost our identity. But we can reclaim it. We can examine what we're doing. And we can return home. And we know that Jesus is there for us. Pleading for our mercy every day. And we can know that through the power of Jesus, that we can reclaim our Christ identity. May God bless you and may God keep you is our prayer. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church and ministries, please visit our website at www.metroumcindianhead.com. Until next time, peace and blessings.